0: Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is D Melconian and we are breaking down the first game for your Los Angeles Chargers as they take down the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to break it down today and talk to you about the game and give you some highlights and, and uh, let's ponder about some of the issues that occurred. And, and let's look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs, which is going to be played this Thursday, just a few hours from now. As of recording right now, it's going to be just a few hours away from us for kickoff time and we want to get you into into football gear here and let you know about what happened uh, last Sunday and and get you prepped up and ready to go. Um, Really good game last Sunday. I was at SoFi, hot as heck. Humidity almost 60%. Uh, Beautiful day for football in Southern California. And the Raiders came out firing, okay? The offense looks good. And I'm going to break it down from that side as well. Uh, Devontae Adams, man, everything that the Raiders were asking for in the offseason and, and wishing this would happen, uh, they got it. Uh, 10 grabs for 100, 140 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams was a one-man wrecking crew, and and that really is is probably by design. They uh, What I was watching on the defensive front in regards to how the Chargers were playing them, uh, they really weren't doubling up uh, in, in regards to safety help uh you know there could have been a little bit of a sneak to it but there was definitely not double coverage uh sante samuel majority of the time was a man covering Devonte. uh he had some he had some uh bad moments and he had some good moments one of the bad moments was that 41 yard uh, catch and run where he was juked out uh that's just Devonte adams doing what he does best right being the top tier receiver in the nfl uh but a good game for asante bounced back struggled fought and that's what you want a young cornerback to do, uh, culminating in that beautiful interception, diving interception uh, to take away that under ball by Derek Carr. Uh, I believe it was a second interception of the game early in the, in, the, in the period in the second quarter. And that was a, a nice one in the end zone. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it. Of course, you've seen the highlights. If you haven't, please go back and check it out. Um, it was Bryce Callahan covering uh, Devontae Adams running free down the sideline. He had him beat. Uh, he did, Bryce. And and I tell you, Asante just swooped in like Superman, flying interception. And luckily the ball was a little underthrown. Otherwise, that would have been a nice six in the end zone. But beautifully done to cap off that that issue. Three interceptions total uh, in the game. Uh, the one I spoke about, of course, uh, prior to that was the Drew Tranquil interception right in the middle of the field, playing, I believe, a uh, Tampa Bay 2 on that one uh drew had had taken a nice uh, coverage uh, uh point on that middle of the field and, and was able to swap out that ball um i think it was heading out to uh, darren waller so that was a great pick by drew drew looks fabulous by the way he's putting on some some really positive pounds the boy looks juked up he is just ready to go he looks solid back there that guy's a starting linebacker in the nfl and uh, he, he looks really good out there. He's fast. He's, he's great on the run coverage. And, of course, he showed his athletic skills and, and, and ball skills in getting that first interception of the season for your L.A. Chargers. Uh, the third interception was a Bryce Callahan diving interception on the out pattern. And uh, that was when he was covering Hunter Renfro, which he was doing most of the game. Um, great pick great pick and that was when the Raiders had some really good life in them and, and driving down to get some uh, scoring going here and, and this, this game was close. Uh, it really shouldn't have, right? Uh, the Chargers were, were up by two touchdowns early and this, this ball game could have went a little more. They could have put another one up there and made it 31 points but the offense in the second half uh, was, was faltering a little bit and uh, again, I need to see a little more about, about the offensive issue. Joe Lombardi came out and admitted the fact that he was, he was playing a little too conservative in that second half with that uh, double digit lead. That's something we cannot do in games, right? This is an offense that's built to destroy. Okay? Uh, this is this is exactly what it is. Like it reminds me of the old San Francisco 49er type offense uh, you know led by Joe Montana, Steve Young. That team would put points on you and they would not stop putting points on you to the point that they will demolish you by the third quarter and your game plan changes completely and it becomes one-dimensional. This is what the Chargers have to do. And... I give the Raiders credit as well because their defense came to play and they stopped that from happening and they were able to stop, you know, get a tourniquet on the bleeding and that double digit lead uh, became a single digit single digit lead at that point at 24 to 19. And of course, the defense really took over uh, for the Chargers and we'll get into that in a few minutes What you know, starring Khalil Mack, of course, who was the star and the MVP of this game. But let's go back to the offense for a minute. Uh, Herbert looked really, really good, just like you would expect an MVP caliber player to be, only in his third season. What can I tell you about Herbert? You got, you know, if you've watched the game, excellent. Go back and rewatch, right? Just see the throws he made. A couple of highlighted throws I, I remember is the um, the beautiful throw he had to uh, Keenan Allen on the right sideline above the defender, and just just caught him at a perfect, perfect throw uh, for a nice twenty five plus yard gain. That was really nice to see. And it was thrown on a dart, man. That thing was just flying like a missile. Absolutely great work and great free from Herbert running away from pressure and finding an open spot. And that's the creative part about Herbert. Um, the line can provide you with, with protection, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. But Herbie can can able to adjust and also uh, give you the next uh, second a second and a half or split second to come out out of the pocket and, and just Climb in and make sure he delivers a great throw because you can cover for about two seconds and two and a half seconds, but he's going to give you that additional time to get free for your receiver and and to make a great great uh, secondary effort for a nice catch and nice gain. So great work with Herbie once again uh, early in the season here. Just looks like he's really uh, taken this offense from last year and he's really progressing really really well with it. Only game number one, so we've got you know we got sixteen plus hopefully more to go this season, and we're going to just see how how much he's got into this offense and what he's going to be able to do with it. Uh, so that was a superb effort. Uh, in regards to Keenan Allen, as you know, he is out tonight against the Chiefs. With a hamstring, he uh, was out of the game, I believe, in the latter part of the second quarter uh, when he started getting his uh, right, I believe it was his right hamstring, started tightening up on him uh, on one of the routes. So he's out, and I would imagine he's probably going to be out the next game as well. Don't rush this guy back. He's 30-plus years old. He's one of your top receivers, yes, but you do not want to – have this injury prolonged. Uh let him sit out for a week or two. These soft tissue injuries can linger, especially for an older body. Uh let's go ahead and make sure that he gets the rest. Look, we're we're deep. We are deep in receiver. Okay. We are deep in running back. We are deep. So let's use the weapons we have. And hey, let's not forget the tight ends, man. The Gerald Everett, I'm gonna talk about him. And if you know you've heard my podcast in the past, you know much I rave him. I'm a big fan of Gerald Everett. He came to play, man. He looks like a receiver out there. I mean, he looks like a straight receiver out there. I can't tell a difference whatsoever. I mean, he's he's got a good body on him, but he definitely has a receiver mold on him, and he, he had a great touchdown on the left side, uh, just backing it in and, and bringing it in after a nice catch and run. Um, so superb Everett. I think I think we're going to see a lot more of Gerald, Gerald Everett. Obviously, now with Donald Parham sideline for a couple weeks, we're seeing a lot of him, but I think he is the number one. Uh, even if he's 1A or 1B, I think you're going to see a lot of targets. I think Herbie's found a nice connection with him. I'm anxious to see how it looks like tonight against the Chiefs and how they're going to spread that around too. Obviously, Josh Palmer's going to be in tonight, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Offensive line play. Uh, That was really a well-done I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that an A effort. I thought they did a great job with Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby. Trey Pipkins, man, hats off to you, my friend. Look, were there pressures on Herbie? There were pressures, right? But he knows how to move out of that. But, uh, you know, he got hit a few times, but no sacks. Kept it clean back there, relatively clean. Uh, Pipkins did a really, really good job. And he's more of a run blocker than he is a pass coverage guy. But he's really learning the nuances of that, and I think it really helps to have the coaching uh, the last three years here. Now he's in his fourth year. I think he's developed. He's got the strength, the NFL strength, that he didn't have early on. And, you know, that's when they had thrown him in. Remember their first year and second year, just throwing him to the Wolves, and and he was getting battered back there. And the confidence is a huge thing no matter what position you play. But that offensive line is a big confidence issue. If you're getting your ass kicked on a daily basis and, and on pass pro and, and you're getting beat down, Uh, that that can haunt you a little bit, right? That can make you apprehensive to attack uh, with the hand attacks and body attacks, and and that can really, really mess your game up. And I think they're working really well with him, especially last year, where they didn't thrust him in that position. Utilizing Storm in that role, I think, really gave him time. I think that the coaching staff had a vision that Trey Pipkins is the better uh, right tackle, However, I think they needed to develop him and provide that confidence for him because you just like a quarterback, you throw him out there too early when he's not ready and he is going to get sidetracked very quickly, right? So just to make sure, I think the Chargers, again, I got to give Brandon Staley a a lot of credit. I mean, the the stuff that he does uh, in regards to not playing kids in the preseason, you know some of these old coaches I hear on the on these talk shows, sports talk shows. You know they come up and they're all like, "Oh, I would have played my guys in the preseason. That's why they didn't look good in the first game, and and this and that," referring to Tampa Bay and and some other teams out there like Chicago or what have you, or San Francisco with the young quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, th- that's why you're not coaching currently, and and that's why you've got a radio show, which which is great. But that's the mentality of yesteryear, where your number one guys. We're getting hurt in meaningless games in the preseason. That no longer is the case, right? We play our seconds and thirds on this team, and I want to see what those guys have. I want to see the guys trying to fight for a for a roster spot. I want to see what those guys have. I don't want to see Herbie and Keenan and and Mike and and Austin out there. I don't want to see Khalil and Joey and and, and Derwin out there. What are we doing? We're, we're we're only we're only asking for injuries, right? We're only asking for more. For more bruises on top of that body, it's going to get bruised up in the first week and never recover until the uh, end of the playoffs or hopefully Super Bowl. So uh, this new strategy of these coaches, I absolutely love. Brandon Staley uh, has a vision. Uh, Trey Pippins was one of them in regards to, and we saw the fact that they didn't do anything in regards to the offseason because they had a plan. I don't think it was an accidental issue that we never picked up a right tackle. I think think the uh, focus was on, hey, I don't think there's anybody better then Trey Pipkins, right now we're gonna pick up. There are older bodies out there. Yeah, there are, there are, there are players out there that might have had more veteranship than he did. Uh, but in regards to what you're getting, I mean, we see what these veterans. What why they're free agents because they're broken down a lot of times. You know, we've had a few shares of our of our offensive line that have come in broken and and stayed broken, right? Um, so that's that was important where they had, got a young young kid in Trey Pipkins, stronger kid than he's he's been here since the first year. And really developed last year, playing a couple of good games. We talked about in Kansas City and Denver, I believe, and really got brought that to, to the fold here in the uh, in the off season and now in the first game. I thought he did a really great job against an all pro and Max Crosby. So great work on the offensive line, uh, Zion Johnson. You know, we didn't we didn't hear much because he held his own and he did a great job on that on that interior rush as well. So great job, Zion. Of course, Rashawn, Matt Filer, uh, Corey Lindsley all held up really well and uh, gave Herbie that time to throw look, is it going to get better with timing? Absolutely. Are we going to get a little more offensive production? Look, I'm not complaining about 24 points. Uh, You know, 24 points, you should be, you should be in a W column or at least flirting with a good W if you have a strong defense with you. And that's what the Chargers brought. And we're going to transition into that here momentarily. Uh, Running back play. Uh, Look, Austin, if you're a fantasy guy like I am, you know, going in this year, man, you should have uh, looked at those tea leaves and look, Austin's not going to give you fantasy numbers this year. I, I, I'm just telling you, and that's okay because we're talking about real football and not imagination football, right? Uh, I love fantasy football, but I'm going to tell you right now, Austin is not going to have those kind of numbers because they're going to work other uh, running backs into the fold. They don't want this kid beaten up by week seven or week eight. They want the juice. They want what he does best best catching a, a, the ball out of the backfield, a la Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk and taking him through, uh, gaining some precious yardage. I don't want him beat down on tackle run plays, right? You don't want him going through the middle. That's why they brought Sony Michelle in here, which he played, you know, relatively okay. I mean, he had a, uh, the first one, he had like a five-yard loss when he ran, so that was kind of sluggish. But in the latter part of the game where you need a four-minute offense, where you got to take that, that ball and milk that clock. Uh, he did just that. I think he did a pretty decent job for his first game in. Um, you know, do I, I want to see some fresh legs on him. I didn't really quite see that with Sony, but he brings you the pass pro, and he brings you that tough running that you're going to need on a, on a third and one and a fourth and one, on a four-minute drive that you want to bang some yardage in through the tackles, and that's why Sony is there. Um, so that was, that was nice to see. Joshua Kelly, I thought, came in with a lot of juice. Uh, Some nice catches out of the backfield, some really nice runs. He's blowing up out of it. He's exploding out of the backfield. And that's what you want to see with a running back. And I didn't see that before with Josh the last couple of years here with the Chargers. I saw that with the UCLA Bruins, but I wasn't seeing that with the Chargers. So he's added some really, really good muscle, and he's done some really good work in the offseason, as we talked about earlier in the podcast. And that's coming into fruition because we're seeing – a lot more explosive plays, and I think we're going to continue seeing that. Uh, Don't be surprised to see a lot more receiving uh, options with Kelly coming out of the backfield, as well as some nice little pitch runs and toss plays and so forth. He's got a really good motor. He's got a downhill running style with a one cut, and I think you'll see some good stuff that way. So a great, great uh, view of Josh Kelly that I saw this last Sunday, and I'm excited to see more of it. We a chance to see Isaiah Spiller, of course, still nursing that ankle. So I think midway through the season, if not earlier, obviously, we'll see some uh, – I'm even thinking about a third or fourth game. We'll start seeing Spiller uh, in the mix as well, and I think he's a super explosive cat, and that's going to be fun to watch as well. Uh, tight ends we talked about with Gerald Everett. Uh, that was great to see, and I think he's going to bring so much, so much more uh, options in the in the game uh, than last year. Um and also in regards to receiver play. Uh, yes, we talked about Keenan going down. Very un- That was unfortunate. But the Mike Williams, the absence of, of targeting Mike Williams was really, really strange to me. And I know uh, Joe Lombardi talked about it recently and Brandon Staley was talking about it. It wasn't a, a, a situation they actually thought prior to this game he was going to be fed or 20 or 30 times they thought they were going to be targeting him so much. They were making jokes about it with the players. They had so many different plays coming towards his way. But based on what the coverage is giving you and what, you're, what that quarterback is seeing and time elements and so forth, it seems like that didn't uh, pan out uh, with only two, uh, I guess, yeah, two targets in the game. Uh, that's way too low, right? That's not what you're paying $20 million for. But look, you're not going to force uh Herbie is not going to force it, right? If it's not there, it's not there. It is what it is. If he's going to get doubled or if that side of the field is just not going to be a playable situation, even though he's a guy you want to go to, you, you just have to go somewhere else. And uh, I thought Herbie did a great job uh, of doing that, obviously, and, and, and getting more work done with other players on the field. And some of the surprising uh, players we're talking about that, I didn't anticipate. I, I don't know. I was in Vegas recently, and I wish I made this bet. I wish I, I bet that Xander Horvath, your seventh-round draft pick for the L.A. Chargers, would be the first player catching a touchdown pass or even scoring a touchdown pass or a touchdown, I should say, this year for the Chargers because that's what he did uh, early on in the first quarter. And that's what he did uh, early part of the second quarter with about 9.34 on the clock. Uh, Xander Horvath with a beautiful play-action pass towards him, with a one-yard touchdown pass, a catch that was nice to see he's athletic man i'm excited to see him run the ball as well he had a he had a short run uh on a short play uh short yardage play i should say he looked good in that as well but i really really want to see him run with this ball uh, i think he's going to be fun to watch in a toss play and some other stuff you could do with him but play action passes uh he's going to be single coverage if not no coverage because that's the last person they're looking for with all the weapons out there you got going on with mikey and and, and, and Keenan and Josh and, and Austin going out there, uh, you know, the, it's it's going to be hard. And I think uh, Xander will do a great job of getting more open. I think I think you'll see him in the end zone a lot more. So I'm excited to see what happens on that. Uh, another person that stood up big time, DeAndre Carter, uh, picked up last year as a fifth receiver in our return man, who actually did a good job returning as well. Uh, DeAndre Carter had a beautiful 23-yard uh, catch from from Justin in the uh, the winning uh, moments of the second quarter. Great work with him. Uh, he's explosive, man, and he's got great hands. That touchdown catch was hard. It was a low, it was a low ball that came to him in the end zone. He had to reach down uh, and scoop that back up. And I thought, you know, that's not an easy catch at all. If you see that in the highlights, uh, and you get a chance to catch it on on the game rewind issue, you'll you'll see how how great that uh, a catch that was. So uh, seeing him at training camp as well, you know there's uh, chemistry going on with Justin and these receivers, especially with DeAndre. I think you're seeing some some nice stuff there. So great to see both Gerald Everett and DeAndre Carter, two guys that were not in the mix at all in that last year, quickly getting into the fold with Herbie and making some impact on offense. Let's roll back to defense for a minute because uh, like I was telling you, man, Khalil Mack, you guys have seen it all this week. Uh, what a revenge game for him coming back and taking on his dreaded Raiders, but you know what? I don't want to make this a, a one game thing because it wasn't, Oh, revenge game. He's going to go off. This is what he's got to do all, all year long. Okay. This is what they paid this man. This is why they gave him that second round draft pick to Chicago to secure his rights. Uh, this is key. And Khalil has got to bring it on a daily or on a weekly basis. Look, is he going to get three sacks each, each game? Uh, probably not. That's what he had this week, right? He had, uh, he had six tackles. Right? He had three sacks and three tackles for losses along with a forced fumble. So just went off. That's all I can tell you. Went off big time. Gave Joey of that time to be back there and not get doubled all the time. He had a sack and a half for Joey along with the TFL. That D-line uh, led by Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox. Uh, really, really, I think, did, did a great job and put that pressure in. Now, the Raiders did get, get some uh, some runs, some positive runs in the second half. I thought we have to do a little better job of, of getting that run stopped, just like we had some problems last year. You know, Josh Jacobs did a really good job with the Raiders this week, uh, bringing in the run. The first half was better uh, better control, but that second half, the runs were coming in, and I thought that's something we need to start working on and want to make sure that doesn't happen to us because that, that controlling that running game has been a key uh key factor this year with 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 getting that d-line back on track and that's something uh they've got to work with so again got to give the props to the raiders and they you know they, they did their job doing what they got to do but that's some of the issues uh, it has got to be taken care of that I saw. But otherwise, coverage-wise, we talked about it. I thought defense did a did a fabulous job along with that, those three takeaways. So, great work. Uh, 24-19. Defense gets it done. Uh, they do a last stand. The Raiders uh, try to get a last stand here and try to try to put points on the board and try to win the game on a fourth down play, fourth and eight. Khalil Mack finishes off with a nice strip sack and the Chargers get it back and bleed the clock out from there. And that was ball game. 24-19. One win in. One game into the regular 2022 season. And now we turn the page to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yes, the Chiefs had a pretty amazing game last week, destroying the Arizona Cardinals uh, and Arizona, and that was just a demolishment. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns in the game, uh, really using the brand-new offense. that uh, That's going to be pretty impressive, and I'm really excited to see how that's going to work out today against the Chargers defense. You know, no more Tyreek Hill. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when a receiver loses a uh, a number one, uh, correction, when a quarterback uh, loses his number one receiver, uh, that just changes the complexity of everything, right? Let's go back and talk about Tony Romo uh, with Terrell Owens, right? That was once he kind of lost Terrell Owens and the pressure of having to deal to Terrell Owens all the time and making sure he gets his, his catches and balls delivered his way. Uh, that changed the complexity of it. I think quarterbacks are a little more free. They're not uh, pressured into feeding that one uh, diva receiver. And I think Tyreek Hill could be called diva, right, uh, with the money he's making and, and, uh, and so forth. Great receiver, right? Absolutely great. And he's, he's t- paying dividends for Miami, and he will so. Um, but again, you've got Martez, Mar- Marquez Valdez uh, Scantling from Green Bay. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster that came in. Uh, you've got Miko Hardman. You've got Travis Kelsey. And, of course, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming in with those those weapons. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has that freedom. Uh, And he's always had it, obviously. But he's got that freedom to really distribute this ball everywhere. And he's got really good targets. He's got a lot of good receivers everywhere. Not dominating receivers, not a Tyreek Hill, mind you. But you've got a lot of good receivers that can get open. And they have good hands and I think uh and that Clyde Edwards hilaire uh, you know, his production last week was pretty strong and he's running well. So let's go let's see how we're gonna do that and how we're gonna hold him up. I think there's a very exciting offense once again. Again, it's only a one game uh session that we saw with the new brand new uh, Chiefs offense. I'm curious to see how that's gonna unfold here against the Chargers. I think there's a lot to provide here uh, offensively. Uh, the Chiefs, just like the Raiders, I think they're going to show a lot. And I think it's going to our DBs and linebackers are going to get challenged a lot. There's a lot of skill coming their way. But I, I see the same kind of results. I see how we can still make some good stops along the way. Uh, blitzing is not going to be an answer against Patrick Mahomes. And he proved that last week where he was blitzed a majority of time. And he was just killing the Cardinals on the blitz, destroying the Cardinals on the blitz. Uh, statistically, he was just providing a great framework for him, for himself. Uh, when that extra pressure was coming, especially, you know, Patrick Mahomes. It happened last year uh, against the Chargers at SoFi, when in the second half, when we start bringing that pressure to him and start blitzing, and especially when Durwin was not in the in the game, uh, he makes things happen with his legs, right? He can he can run it, which he did last year as well. However, he can also run out of it, just like Herbie does. And now he expands out of that pocket, gives himself another half a second to a second to a second and a half. And I don't care what DB is playing there. You know, Neon Dion could be back there. I don't care. Uh, You're going to lose your receiver at that point. Once you're at three and a half seconds and so forth going, you got double and triple moves happening. You can't keep up. And that's what he can do. And if there's not enough, uh, you know, defenders in the backfield, um, he's going to expose you, Patrick Mahomes is. So you got to be careful with what you're bringing in blitz-wise. You got to make some creative blitzing, uh, like the Chargers will do. I can see Bryce Callahan coming in. I can see Derwin James obviously as the uh, playing that star position, uh, playing all over the place. He had a nice uh, sack last week. He's he's got to come in. He's got to provide that kind of pressure on 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 Mahomes. But we got to get to him, and we got to hit him, and we got to make sure he comes down. He doesn't get that chance to make that secondary play that can expose us in the backfield. No J.C. Jackson tonight, so that's going to pose some problems with this offensive threat that they got going on. Um, looking to see how Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, uh, uh, Morgan Fox, uh, Tillery and those guys are going to handle that, that run defense side. I want to see how Khalil Mack and Joey Boso handle both sides of it as well and how dominating they're going to be. Going up against Orlando Brown, Brown on the left side. You know, Orlando uh, playing on his last year here on this contract, they're trying to get him – Uh, to an extended which he didn't when we picked up last year great left tackle and uh that's going to be a tough matchup for Boso and company and right tackle is going to be uh Andrew Wiley five-year veteran um out of eastern Michigan so they've got some good tackles to uh to combat against and I think that's going to be a nice offensive line to deal with so I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to work out today as well here is my prediction for tonight. I think the Chargers go in. Hey, look, the Chargers. It's gonna be a tough game. They play tough in Kansas City. This last few uh, few years, uh, the domination factor has, has gone away from that. In the, in the past, it was uh, once we stepped foot in Kansas City, we're gonna get rocked. This time, we're bringing the house to them, and I saw that last year with a nice win. Um, I think that the Chargers do it again. I think their defense plays uh, plays lights out today. Uh, I think the offense gets in a better groove. I think Josh Palmer will, will get in, entrenched today a little bit, and I think, I think we'll see a lot more targets coming his way as well. It uh, really depends on about Herbie and how much he goes off today. It's, it should be really fun. It should be a Herbie versus Mahomes type of fireworks affair. Uh, but I think defense, again, makes some noise, and I, I really think the Chargers defense has the better personnel uh, minus J.C. Jackson. Uh, in regards to what they're going after. Uh, and I think they make the impact plays today. And I'm going to go with Chargers 31, Chiefs 24 today. And I'm hoping that's the that's the victory for tonight. We'll come back and we'll break down Chiefs Chargers next week. You guys have a great Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. Want to thank our man across the glass, our production manager, Tyrell Mad Dog Wiggins. Appreciate your tea. Uh, also want to thank... Kevin McLeod for his music, The Ice Giants and the Strength of the Titans. You can find Kevin at uh, filmmusic.io. My name is D. Melkonian. This is Extreme Voltage. We're going to catch you next week. Bolt up.